Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past, and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. All right, Season 3, Maritime Fire Tour. I'm in New Minus with Andrew and Ashton Mitten. How are you guys? Good. 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 Yourself? (laughs) I'm doing all right. Excited to have you here. Yeah, it was uh, was fun. You know, we get here, of course, and we're talking to the chief and getting the tour and going through everything, and then you get a call, right? And so to me, I just had to laugh. Ashton, where did you immediately go as soon as there was a call? Out to the radio room. <laughs> you got to know what's going on, right? Yeah. Andrew, I went down with you and we're kind of, oh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't go. I try not to get in the way, right? I was hoping to get you on the uh, on the second out truck and uh, hope, well, I thought, I don't always hope for the second out truck, but yeah, they need to be in the first out engine. So. Here, both your kids were hanging around <laughs> CJ. here. If it would have been a real fire, I'm sure I'd have been bringing them down in my uh, expedition there and have a look, right? Yeah. It's just a fun part. It's to me, I, I love to be in the bay when it's going on, right? I look up, he's in the radio room, he's watching what's going on, right? Who's coming in, who's not? Down, you're getting your gear on while everybody's... There was already like three or four people here. We just walked downstairs. Yep. And so there goes the first truck full of people. And it's part of what I love about the firefighting, that energy. You could feel it as soon as you walk in the door, as soon as there's a call, right? Yeah, it helps when they're pulling into the station and, and we can see the smoke for the call that we're going to right across the street. So people are driving here, which I think kind of kind of amps them up. And even the guys here, as you see when you first came here, they're outside working on building the new piece of the fire station that we just put on. And they're not contract company, they're members of our own. So, you know, down off the staging uh, once they see the smoke when the, when the tones drop and, and into the rigs too. I'll be honest, I've seen a lot of fire. That one, I was like, this could be a real fire, right? <laughs> Turned out to be what, just brush fire that's kind of coming. Yeah, somebody out. burning, as we talked about earlier, the temperature dropped, and uh, I think it's just pushing the smoke low to the ground and across our main street here. So, yeah, it's still cool, right? Yeah. I mean, every time, doesn't matter what it is, if it's an alarm call, medical call, like some of the boring catalog stuff, it doesn't matter, right? Eh? People still come in. There's some people that are on cloud nine. Some of those young guys that were downstairs practicing, right? They're probably super eager to get on that truck and get going. and yeah, they're just uh, they're practicing up for their level one cert, just getting ready to bang it off. So uh, nothing thought, better than the I always call it the beeper box. Uh, you know, tones dropping when you're standing on the station floor, right? You know that oh, I'm on that first rig out. I love it. Both of you just grab your phone immediately, start looking at what's going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, firefighting, it's the best. All right, so let's start with you, Andrew. How long you been doing this? I've been doing it. It'll be 25 years. Just coming up on my 25th anniversary. 25 years. Yeah. Anywhere like else it's in like the country. like 2.5 years. It doesn't feel yeah. like 25. Anywhere else in the country, that's a huge number. But in Nova Scotia, you're like halfway done. I always, well, I always look at it and go, you know what? That's 
you know, if this was career, I'd be uh, I'd be looking at my pension soon, right? Yeah, and, and probably very depressed. But now that I do a volunteer, <laughs> and like you said, it's Nova Scotia. We we still got another twenty five years. Oh in this man, game. I met so many people, right? Just so long, fifty years, fifty eight years. There was a guy here. You guys were just talking about way up in in the years, right? And so yeah. twenty five is if you were over in Alberta, where I'm from, you're like a long liner, man. You've been doing this for forever, right? Yeah. Over here, it's just not like that, right? Yeah, sixty so. years. You know, 60 years in the service here, you're still well-known, right? You're, yeah, you're still exactly. hanging on the station that, floor yeah. with the with They the stop gang. calling you a kid, eh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Ashton, how long you been doing it now? Uh, I will be, be two years this April. All right. So you got started, right? You're under Dad's wing there. Yeah. What? Uh, how would that all go? Uh, funny story, I actually just came down here to get some car detailer one day, and they rode out a structure fire, and next thing I know, the trucks are coming back, and I'm... Got a stall with bunker gear, and I'm out helping them wash hose. <laughs> Got you, man. That's that's family, right? Like once you're in, you're in. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. I jump off the rig that day. I get off the rig, and I I'm coming through the door, and some of the members here they're looking at me, thinking like, you know, he's he's going to be excited, and hey, hey, look, look, there he is. He's got the bunker gear on. I'm like, oh yeah. Meanwhile, inside my brain, I'm like, yes, yeah, of yes, course, yeah. Did it. <laughs> Do backflips, right? <laughs> no, that's true. That's good. It's it's funny too. Like uh, I would even say for me, Ryan, he was a little slow starting on this. I don't think that uh, he was for sure going to be a fireman. I thought he was right, but then he was like, "Oh, maybe I'll be a mechanic." And so then we got him through the fire service, doing his rap program through high school. And next thing you know, once we got him, we got him. Right? That's how it goes. But it's tough. It's tough to you want your kids to do well. You want them to come into the fold, but uh, they got other other likes, right? So you're off right now, hurt Ashton. Yeah. Right. I'm in the recovery stage. <laughs> so you're playing hockey, you get hurt, right? So that screws you up for work, for hockey, for fire department. Yeah, everything pretty much. Right. For riding um, the rig. That's why he went straight to the radio. That's right. Radio yeah. room. He's, that's the poting room now. Hey? Yeah. yeah. He goes there and sits there. <laughs> What's it like to have to watch those trucks roll out to what looks like a decent fire? It it sucks. The last two weeks, I've seen the notification pop up on my phone of we're going mutually to a structure fire, and I just... Put the phone down because I just know I can't go. That's oh, did you guys go to that Middleton one that happened the other night? No, we're so we're second due with Kentville. Okay, so we go a lot uh, if they go. So they had two last week that that we went with them too. Nice, that's awesome that uh, you're so close with Kentville. Another good fire department just down the road, eh? Yeah, we've got some old history with them, and we've you know we we hang out well with them. We we you know it's second nature. There's no questioning you know who somebody is when you when you roll up second due or and sometimes been the odd time we've been first due on their on their calls so but it's uh you know we're all there for the same job and yeah they're just like family with us i think it's kind of like that too especially here in nova scotia where you have such a good automatic and mutual aid system like so much better than it is other places right yeah yeah it's uh you know our we we kind of gloat about our our mutual aid system here our, our auto aid's fairly new but our mutual aid system you know we've been doing it for for years and years and years and years and we've had so many people come into this area from all across North America and kind of say, wow, this, this, this mutual aid thing you guys got going on. It's, uh, I think we kind of chuckled the other night. He said, you know, got, you know, 15 tankers sitting on the scene. We probably only need eight, but uh, yeah. we got 15. Uh, <clears throat> oh, it doesn't. Yeah. Again, it's back to that. I'd rather have them and not need them than need them and not have them. Right. Yeah. And uh, I pound away on this, and everybody that listens is going to be sick of hearing me talk about this on the Maritime Tour, but it's a model that you got to look at. 
you got the truck stacked up, right? I look at my Facebook in the morning and it's like two or three screens of, I just want to thank this fire department, this fire department, right? And there's lots of fire departments out here, so you might as well all work together and figure it out, right? Instead of having five or six monster fire departments, you guys go with 16 fire departments spread out along the valley, and that's awesome. Like, it's way better than some of the places, other places in the country. Yeah, and, and some people say, you know, you got a lot of a lot of stations or your stations are really close. And, you know, we, we do have municipalities here that, that are, you know, they do have a lot of fire services, but... You know, you get that call, it's, it's, you're not looking for gear. It's there, you've got people, you've, work's getting done. Yeah, we're just downstairs, right, talking about all the different things you guys do and how it all fits in. We're going to get to that. But first, I'm going back to you, Ashton. I want to talk a little bit about hockey, right? So you're out from hockey right now. You're a big hockey guy. love that. We attract a lot of hockey people into the fire service, right? So what do you think, in, in your mind, where's the similarities between hockey and firefighting? I gotta gotta say, with kind of what you said you said earlier, there it's a team. You know, you're you're all working together to get you have one end goal, and that's in hockey. You know, usually your end goal is you want to get the win, and here it's making sure everyone's everything's all right, everyone's staying safe. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's a you know, there's individual skills, but you got to put it together in that team effort, right? I laugh because when I was coaching hockey, I would always tell everybody, "Is doesn't my day job being fire chief and my night and weekend job being a coach, it's the same job, right? I'm not doing the work. I'm just guiding the work, yeah. right? Trying to build a good team, trying to find the right players. Um, and so we do. We attract so many hockey players to this kind of business, right? When uh, time runs out on the, on the old clock there and you're 21 and you're not playing anymore, you got to find some way to scratch that itch, right? And, and the fire service is that. So it's all good. You still got lots of time, don't worry. The NHL, <laughs> it's all good. All right. So you've been doing this a long time now, Andrew, right? Kind of walk us through your progression through the fire service. Yeah. So I, I used to, we all used to hang out and have our little. You know, rice rockets, we used to call them little Honda Civics and stuff. And we used to hang out in the parking lot just, just over from the fire station here. I've got no family ties uh, to the fire service. What? None. How did you get this job? None, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, some people that I grew up with, they were in the service. And I never really thought a whole lot about it. But I'm sitting over there one night and in the mall parking lot, there was an IGA. And there was, there was a fire in the IGA. And, and all my friends are still drinking their coffee and talking to each other. And I'm glued to these fire trucks for... Whatever reason, the most ties I've ever had with the fire service is maybe I grew up here in Nevada, so fire truck goes, you chase it on your bike when you're younger, which every every kid really did. But then it just kind of, that night that, that there was the fire at the IJ, it, it really just re-resonated with me. And I left the parking lot and I drove over here and I said, hey, how do I join? How do I sign up? And uh, got an application and it's, it's you know, been been straight up from there. I tell people that, you know, if you want, especially when you're young, like Ashton's age, the whole reason why I'm in the career I'm in today, you know, I have to give thanks to the fire service because it, it put me there. I I was still a kid in high school that had no idea, you know, where I was going to go. I had, you know, one group of friends that were kind of going down a bad road and I had another group of friends that, you know, they weren't going down a bad road, but they weren't going down any road. They were kind of sitting in the cul-de-sac uh, stuck. And I just said, you know what, I, I don't. I'm going to give something to this service and I'm going to get as much as I can out of it. And it's, it's been so rewarding because, you know, I, I, I became a paramedic shortly after joining the fire service and I worked for, for, uh, emergency health services here in Nova Scotia. 
before moving on. And, and in that time span, even before that, I'll, I'll back up for a sec. I, I, as soon as I joined here, I got a job with the local forestry here, the provincial forestry. So I did some wildland firefighting for a while, got into the, into the paramedicine role, did some work there, went back into the forestry and spent some time as part of their incident management team. We had just had the big fire in Porter's Lake and Heron Cove, two big fires here in the city, which destroyed some property and a uh, pretty significant interface fire. And that was really the, the first significant interface fires that we've seen here. Uh, so some of the findings from that um, were that there's gonna, you know, there was need for, for good incident management. So the department decided to take some people put them together uh, to make these incident management teams. We were fortunate enough to go down and, and train with the Northeast Compact, so the, the gang in uh, Maine and New England states. Did some training with them, became part of the IMT, and from there transitioned over into to my role that I'm in now with the Emergency Management Office. And it's all, it's all because of the fire service, man. Every single hat. You tried them all on. Tried them all, yeah. No I, hat that wouldn't uh, get on I your I thought head. about policing, and I just thought, <laughs> uh, I don't know, me and a gun, maybe it's not a good idea. But, <laughs> or maybe they said that. And maybe they said that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be the only uh, first responder job you haven't tried out yet, eh? Yeah. That's amazing. All right, we're going to come back to that EMO piece. Ashton, when you look, you just heard your dad say it, all those different jobs, all those different things. What do you think? Where do you think this career will take you? Just a volunteer firefighter or something beyond? Uh, no, I think I'm going to go further with it. You know, I graduated high school. I went to community college, was looking at a trade, and I was probably two, two weeks, two or three weeks into it, and I wasn't enjoying it. So I said, you know what? I enjoy firefighting. I'm gonna, I, I want to pursue this as my career. So I dropped out of there, and now I'm just going to apply here. Hopefully, in the next year, there's, I'm heading to school somewhere. Nice. Okay. Right on. Heal up a little bit first and then yeah, take off. Yeah. That's, that's the holdback right now. Yeah. It won't take long. You'll get it. You're young. You can fall asleep and wake up in the morning and be fixed. Not like uh, your dad and I. <laughs> we fall asleep, might not wake up. <laughs> the other way. <laughs> that's how it goes. Eh? Right on. All right. So let's talk about the fire service a little bit. What do you love the best? Who wants to go first? Go ahead. Oh, that's yeah. it. Dad said, <laughs> you got to do it, Ashton. What's the uh, best part? I'm going to have to... captain. <laughs> uh, uh, the best thing I find, I'm going to have to say it's just uh, helping helping people. Yeah? Like helping people. Like to go there and uh, get that feeling that, you know, hardly anyone can do what we do and help people out. That's what I mean. Like, usually if we're going, it's someone's worst day and we're there to make it better. Nice. I love that. All right. Now, see, maybe you should have went first. Now he has a really good one, and you Took got it. From it me. Right? Yeah. I'm just, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, it's not the paycheck. <laughs> not the paycheck, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it's, it's you know, everything that Ashton said, and, and he, he did steal that from me. He learned that from me. Um, <laughs> we, seriously, we've, we've always... We've always ingrained that in our family. It's funny how the family gives to the fire service, but the fire service gives to the family. And when it comes to, you know, setting the bar in both of my children, both Ashton and Allie, it's it's all about, you know, help somebody when you can and do what you can. You you, you do have a good feeling after it, which is, which is amazing. But, you know, just to come off of that, the, the camaraderie that we have in the service here. I have a family at home, but I have a family here. My family at home is just as much... A part of my family here and vice versa right we're always 
You know, we've, we've, in the 25 years here, we've lost people, we've seen people get sick, but we've come together. Our families all come together, and it's it's truly amazing. That's the best part for me. Well, yeah, well put. I, I think he crushed you there. Sorry, man, I got to, wow. you know, it's not a competition, but if it was, <laughs> he got he, he you got there. Point right? for that. Yeah, yeah. He's got that old man strength. Eh? Yeah. just can come out of nowhere with it. <laughs> right on. Um, okay, so... Here at New Minus, this is a pretty awesome place, right? I took a bunch of pictures. I'll send them out there so everyone can see all the equipment. But it's not just the equipment, right? This is kind of an interesting, different place uh, as far as the fire service goes. So why don't you take a minute and kind of just explain to us how it works here? Yeah, so New Minus is um, it's, uh, kind of in the heart of, of Kings County. The municipality as a, as a whole has about 70,000 people. The village itself, New Minus is a village. Some people always say, why isn't it a town? Because it's it's big, it's booming, uh, lots of business, it's very busy, but it still remains a village. It's it's one of very few villages that we have left in the province. Um, so it's managed under a village commission. The village, we actually have the smallest fire district throughout the county. You can pretty much, if you went up on the roof of the fire station, you'd probably see you know all four corners of our fire district, but we're the busiest as per you know that area. Kind of a bedroom community. There's a lot of you know seniors, retirees, apartment complexes. So we don't really see that, if we're seeing structure fires, we're seeing commercial structure fires. We're not seeing so much residential. A lot of uh, the departments that that surround us, you know, they deal with a lot of chimney fires and fires that get in the walls from those and and end up being structure fires. Most of the people here, you know, they're running on oil heat or electric heat, so we're not seeing some of that. So mostly, you know, compartment fires or, or commercial. The station here, we've got about 50 members, 10 pieces of apparatus, as you see. It's, it's, yeah. oh, it's, uh, awesome. it's a full yeah. floor down yeah. there. Oh, it's great. Um, just, got a, just got a new aerial, which is, uh, which is a great gift to us here because, because we are growing. We've got a lot of future development on the, the south side of this highway that's probably going to bring another 5,000 residents plus, plus business here. You so can say Rosenbauer, I give you permission. <laughs> even even it's, though it's my podcast, I'll, I give you permission to say it's Rosenbauer. It's a nice truck, and I think I even seen a little grin on your face, and I know, wow, maybe when you come in the door. It's, I, did, uh, I did say I'd make an exception to like that truck. It is. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful truck. <coughs> yeah, it is, no, it's, it's a nice piece of kit. We just got it um, this week, and thanks to the the you know the taxpayers and the people that support we're one of very few that still do fundraising right we still run bingos here every monday night uh, every chief friday was night. just throwing a number at me from last year like that is a lot of fundraising for one year for 50 people yeah i think we're story. hitting we're hitting six digits with uh with, with fundraising so it's great it's great that our community still supports that uh, we still do chicken barbecue we support an off-road rally that's that's just down at the bottom of the road here so it's it's great. It's it's not just all about the money either. It's bringing bringing our membership together. We have a gang that goes down and, and works that four wheel drive rally, and those crews they love it. They love getting together and the camaraderie and the the action of you know seeing trucks roll over and, and going to stuff. going yeah. to help that uh, those folks. Same as our chicken barbecue. You know, we had a discussion a little while ago when we were coming on to COVID about what do we do with the chicken barbecue? Do we? And I'll tell you, it got. Uh, there was some good healthy discussion on the floor in that meeting night about the chicken barbecue, and it didn't have a, a thing to do with the money that we make from it. It was all about, you know, getting here at 3.30 in the morning and lighting those pits and cooking off 1,600 dinners <laughs> to serve to people. Try to make it work. In, you know, an eight-hour period. It's, it's, uh, 
it's just it's all out fun, right? And we our family comes. Lisa comes down. Allie comes down. Yeah. We, we have Ashton, fun. how do you like those? Do you like the fundraising part of it, or? Yeah, I love it. Like we just, as he said, we just had the four wheel drive rally, and I was down. I couldn't go down. I went down for a bit Saturday, but I was down there all day Sunday. And even like the chicken barbecue, I've been even when I was a kid, I'd come down here after school and I'd I'd help out. Yeah, get involved, right? Get greasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. Literally. You know, yeah. No, it's cool. You know, as you travel around, there's all the different fundraisers you do here. So, you know, we mostly call it the three B's in the West, right? We'll do bottle drives and barbecues and bake sales. But out here, you get pretty uh, pretty into it. Lots of different ideas to, to raise money. And I guess because you have to. Yeah, right? it's, I, I don't know. I, we do pretty good from, as you discussed with my chief, our, we're one of two incorporated fire departments in the county. So we're kind of like a, we're a business. We're we're not like we're not owned by the town. We don't have to report to the mayor, the CAO. Yeah, that's crazy. For uh, me. I'm not used to that. Which is, you know, it's got pros and cons with some of that, right? But we fundraise because, you know, we like to we like to buy the best air hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, or this one. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 101 foot King Cobra. It's got an articulating jib. We just came from a, a 55 foot snorkel. That we've really appreciated the versatility and you know we were able to take some of our fundraising money and say how do we keep the same kit in the community that served us so many years with that versatility and how do we buy a piece of kit that can support our neighboring departments can support Kenfield they have an aerial but they don't have the versatility yeah right um, some have waterfall as you seen when we were there the other night they've got a beautiful uh, little quint 75 foot stick that's a different tool for the job yeah. right so let's not buy something someone else has let's let's support our community the best we can with a, with a different piece of tool and sometimes you got to fundraise to be able to do that i think that's one of the huge things out here right because everyone's working together you know other than tankers because everybody needs tankers because there's very few hydrants around yeah you all look to get something that someone else doesn't have Right. And so you're right. I, I've been to a lot of fire departments along the valley now just in the last few days. And this is different. It fits in in a different way. Right. Yeah. And I OK, I'll admit it. It's a nice truck. It's a nice looking truck. It'll, it's really versatile. You'll be able to do lots of things with it. It's so nice that I, in fact, might even look at one of those when we're going to buy one of those. <laughs> not saying I'll buy it. I'm just saying I'll look. <laughs> okay, I'll kick the tire. See how it's going. So Ashton, when you come into a place like this, right, you're a junior firefighter, you got to figure this stuff out. What do you think of all those trucks? Like there's 10 trucks you got to learn. I've been coming around here since I was a little kid and I've always looked around at them. But as soon as, ever since I joined, it was a whole different ball game than just coming in here and looking at them. Now you got to, you got to memorize where things are. So when you're out on a scene, your officer asks you to go grab something you got to. Yeah, times 10. Exactly. Apparatus, right? <laughs> That's a, uh, I mean, I used to work in a fairly big fire service and we didn't have that many. So I kind of look out in that bay and I think that's a bit daunting to know every signal cabinet, what's in there, how it works. And I mean, you guys are equipped. You, you got stuff in there. It's not uh, no empty cabinets there. Yeah, no, like I, my, my boss actually, he's a captain in Port Williams and I was down at their hall one day just taking a look and they've got four trucks, you know, smaller, smaller community and. He goes, it's a lot easier to learn these trucks than the trucks you guys have. And I was like, yeah, you got four. We have 10. It's like a crazy test down there, man. I wouldn't even want to. I don't know how long it would take me to remember that. 
It's probably a long time now. These cell phones make us stupid, right? I can't even remember phone numbers now. But now you can take a picture and go yeah, study, right? Yeah, maybe, or maybe. Make a, make a Snapchat or a TikTok about it, right? We do, we do lay out. It's, it's, it's funny. We talk about compartments and trucks, and we were down there uh, laying some stuff out with Al the other night, and when we look at we use DeWalt batteries, and we have a, a DeWalt bank charger, so when we're looking at the, the new aerial, and where are we going to put this? It's at the same spot as every other truck. So we try to keep stuff as uniform as we can okay. uh, between the trucks so that yeah. if you're going for a DeWalt battery, it's in the same compartment on, you know, the aerials it is, the engine as it is, the, the pumper tanker. Nice. I love that, actually. That's uh, a big thing that Kirsten and I preach as we move around, right, is yeah. should be easy. And then we're, it'd be, what I really love to see is when it spreads, right? So everybody's kind of keeping their stuff in close to the same spot. Right. So that's cool. All right. So we got all these trucks down there. Now I got to mention the boats. Because I came in and I was like, oh, that's nice. I got a little runabout in the back there with a outboard motor on it. And then I went to the next bay. Yeah. Where you got the hovercraft and another great big boat. And so I want to talk a little bit about water rescue here. Because obviously you go to some. Let's talk about a few. Give us some examples. Most of our water rescue comes off of the, the Bay of Funday or the Minas Basin, which is, you know, the body of water that kind of separates us in New Brunswick. We do a lot of, we have a lot of tourists, Cape Split Seas about, uh, has seen, you know, peaks of about 2,000 people on a weekend out there hiking. Some of those people, you know, they tend to get down on the on the beaches, look at this beach that's, look at this, it's, you know, 2,000 feet wide. And, you know, a couple hours of, of hiking around, you know, those beaches around those capes, they understand that they're, they're in knee-deep water and they looking up the up the shore and they're now a couple kilometers away from where they they get on the shore we grabbed a guy as i told you a story earlier grabbed a guy out there last week from bc oh doing some hiking ended up having to call 911 when we got to him he was uh, standing on a rock that was just big enough for his two feet with about four foot of swell um splashed against his uh, his thighs so wet cold this time of year be cold oh freezing um i think the water was uh, about 12 degrees but the the air is even cooler right so yeah i grabbed him he's pretty thankful we we grabbed him it's you know those are the easy jobs for us because it's drop the boat in the water out you go and we'll get you know a uh, couple minutes uh, so which boat went on that one so we take the red one the the Ever polaris no the polaris red that you see down there oh okay yeah we take that uh, anytime we've got lots of water to play with and at that time we did because the tide was in that's okay. why he was calling but we've got a hovercraft there that um, gets used a bit. We partner with the RCMP and support them in some of the work that they do, um, particularly their dive team and recovery team okay. um, around the region. But the main reason that we bought that is because when that tide goes out, you now have you know, 2,000 feet of mud. We've seen some people that get out there and get stuck in the mud as well. So a hovercraft's a nice piece of tool that we can you know, scoot out there and Extra get over the shoals and that stuff. And, well, and grab that them. mud looks crazy, right? Like it's bubbling and, and going, and it looks like if you stepped in there, you'd be up to your neck. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, it can get pretty messy, especially, you know, we always, obviously we check the tide times when we leave here and we go out, and we do this in partnership with Canning. Canning has a boat too, so okay. we always send two at the two at the same time we usually send them two <clears throat> Larry's gray usually goes yeah or well. we'll send we'll send you know an you extra one own. just to leave in the yeah. parking lot um that way there if, if we were to lose power or something happened those ties are unforgiving so you know you could end up somewhere i don't know in new york or something i don't know they we always call it the big toilet right it's yeah. uh wait a couple hours it comes in flushes out yeah um and massive like tidal swings right these are some of the biggest in the world so. yeah they are the largest tides in the world right so yeah. 
again, 2,000 feet of beach that can uh, disappear and you wait a couple hours later and it's and you, you see it again. Right? I know we were in New Brunswick on that side. We went down to where you can walk on the ocean floor there. Yep. To the National Park. Funday National Park. Funday National Park. And the whole time we're down there, I was terrified. And just because that's how my brain works, right? I'm like, I don't want to get caught down here. I don't want to. And you could see the tide coming in. It just looked like one massive wave across the whole thing coming. And and everyone else is just kicking rocks and looking at stuff and pointing. And the whole time I'm watching the water, right? All right, let's go. We're the first ones up the stairs. And so I could see how it could happen, right? Especially if you're from BC. Yeah. We got to play. <laughs> we have to play it by ear because we go out. You know, we got to make sure that we, you know, we make the grab in good time and and get back because we don't want to lose that water. Or we've got two thousand feet of mud to contest to with, with to get yeah. the boat out of the water. Of course, yeah. Well, and that's the thing with BC, right? Like their tides aren't like that, so yeah. they're they're used to what they got going on with the ocean, and then they come here, and it's much much different, right? Yeah. So it, it definitely could happen. Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. Moving on then, we'll start with you, Ashton. What's your favorite truck in the fleet? Which one do you like to go out on? I'm going to have to say our engine 12. Yeah, that frontline one? Yeah. I never really had one when I first joined, and then... It was a couple months into me being in the department, and I was going on to my first first structure fire, and that's the truck I was on, and ever since then, it's just... Uh-oh, yeah. Got you, eh? Yeah. That's how it is. First structure fire. Tell us about it. What was your first structure fire? Let's hear it. We were going out, mutual aid to Campbell, to a uh, garage fire, actually, and at first we got there, and we were just staging, and then I was like, oh, this isn't really that fun, and then sure enough, we're down getting dirty with some overhaul. Nice. Come back a little black on your gear? Yeah. All right. Smell like smoke? Smell like money? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rolling back in, at, rolling home at 4.30 in the morning to get up and go to work at 7. Nice. You know what, though? It just doesn't seem to matter, right? Eh? Because you went to a call and you got dirty and you helped out. Doesn't You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, that sucks. But you just go and all day kind of whistle that tune, right? Exactly. Awesome. Andrew, what's your favorite down there? I think it would have to be 11 for me. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, 11's our pumper tanker that you've seen that's got some, yeah. some Hurst hydraulics on it. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that truck, that truck's, it's our busiest truck. It, it goes out, it's a first out for us. We built that truck, a bit of a funny story. Um, Lisa's parents live in Moncton and, and we were getting ready to build a truck and we are looking around to, to see what kind of pumper we were going to buy and, and find something that's got some versatility. And I was in Dieppe and, and you know, Went for a drive in the morning, got my coffee, and I'm driving by the Dieppe fire station. I'm like, oh, what's that rig in there? So I take a, a pull in, and it's the same thing. It's uh, it's a metal fab, custom chassis, uh, Spartan Gladiator, 2,500-gallons uh, of water. Oh, it's And, uh, you know, my brain, my the, the hamster <coughs> wheels turn, and I, and I couldn't wait to get back here. And 
So we have our, our truck committee meeting, which is myself, the chief, the deputy, and and uh, Captain Al Buchanan. And I said, guys, I found this truck. You really got to, like, I got a vision. Like, we can put some tools on that. We got water. Because you're always, we always get into this jam. We don't cover a big section of the highway, but what do you take first? You, you know, every car accident comes in. It's entrapment with smoke showing. Yeah. So do you, at the time, we had the rescue. We had the engine. So do we take the rescue or do we take the engine? Like I think we just solved all the all the world's problems. We we got the rescue we got bumper water. tanker. Yeah, we we've got it all. Let's <laughs> you know it, it's a Swiss Swiss yeah. Army knife. Let's it put is, it all together. Yeah. And you know how how it goes. There's there's not people aren't rushing to get in the door to to sign up. So there's a there's a rig that we can put six people on. You know if we have to go to our furthest outlying areas, we got 2,500 gallons of water if it's fire. If it's on the highway and there's entrapment and smoke showing, well we can. You know, put two on a hose line and, and two with rescue tools to follow up. And there's none of that. What truck do we take? What, you know, so that that one would be my favorite. It's uh, pretty confident in taking that rig. It's, rescue pumper tanker. Yeah. As soon as your chief said that to me, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not bad. Rescue pumper tanker. Yeah. Right? I'll definitely be taking that back and talking about that with some people. Right. Especially the way you got it set up there. I really like that. So I can see why you like that truck. And there's been some others following. I think you're in... in uh, Brooklyn the other night, they just built a pumper tanker that's kind of yeah, the same that's, that's spec. Right. That's true, yeah. Down Kenfield's looking at the there. same rig. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, Kenfield's is coming 2024, I think, right? Or is, no, theirs is coming right away. Yeah, I think they're pumper tankers right away and then yeah. uh, a rescue engine to follow. Yeah. Nice. nice. You got to, you got to, um, I just actually had a, Scott and I, the chief and Kenfield worked together uh, with EHS. So we chatted often, we were chatting the other day and so, you know, you just sometimes you have to right size your fleet and build your fleet to to the personnel you have because we're not flooded with personnel. Yeah. Right. So build our, you know, right size your fleet to be able to fit your organization. Well, and I think some of that, like even the water cannons that you've got built onto the front that you can run from the cab. Right. So you pull up one person could really dump that whole tank of water on that fire. Right. So, though, you know, that's a piece that's just smart. The young sure, guys in the back it? hate it though, eh? Oh yeah, of course. I remember the first, you start crying, don't, don't put it out. Give it to us. First car <laughs> fire we got over in the Walmart parking lot and, uh, you know, we roll the engine and of course I'm in the front and got a crew of young guys in the back and you pull the trigger and you snuff the fire and you look back like, all right, boys, let's do a little overhaul. And they're like, Phew. yeah, just, they're pissed. Right? We're not getting out. Yeah. <laughs> So you just keep spraying yeah. and do the whole yeah. thing yourself. Yeah. We just took all the all the fun, all the fun out of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's true for sure. The better we make the trucks, the harder it can be on the firefighters, right? Because they get geared up to go out there and, and put it out. And, you know, we want to have a booster line. We want to have that cannon on the front. We want to have the master stream on the roof. We want to, yeah. you know, it definitely can get tough for sure. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about calls. So, Ashton, you told us about your first call on the truck. That was awesome. You guys got any other good calls in your uh, back pocket you want to tell us about? You go first. I went first oh. last time. Oh, it's me. Oh, wow. Well and I got to think. That's why I'm telling you to go first. Well played. Yeah, I got a little smoky you in here. You feel guilty also. sometimes when you talk about a good call because no. sometimes your good call could be but, somebody's But remember, that, that's not who's listening. The public's not listening to this. It's all firefighters. Yeah. Right? So a good call for us is a good call for them. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's always the, the feel-good calls, the calls that you get to go, those quick grabs, quick rescues and stuff. Uh, we run a, a rope rescue team here um, that does some some good work, quick grabs. But I think, you know, some of the ones that, that resonate in my mind are sometimes the most dangerous. We, we had a church fire back in the early 2000s. And, you know, all 
you know, hot and horny, here we go, we're going in two and a half. There's, uh, I remember them putting a ladder, looking as I'm going through the door, there's a, putting a ladder up on the, the side of the building. This is a, a brick building, kind of cathedral style roof in it and uh, exterior fire up the back wall and starting to come in the, the peak. So we're taking uh, taking the big guns in, two and a half. There's four of us. We're, we're going in. We're making our way down through the, the center of the church. We can see the fire on the walls. And then all of a sudden you hear that awful sound of horns blowing. And as the horns are blowing, we're looking down through the church and you start to see the back wall or the end wall of the church fall. Out, um, and when the end wall falls... Then, of course, now the timbers are starting to come down. And luckily, they were coming from the end and not the direction that we had to go. So it was a, it was, I still remember making that turn. We're running four of us, you know, we're, we're in between the, the pews of the church. <laughs> four right. of us making. Two by two, here they oh, come. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were trying four by, four by one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, making that run. So we, you know, drop the line, out we go. And there was a couple steps down into a landing. And I still remember, I must have been in the front because I remember the guys coming over my, uh, over my shoulders and then all of a sudden hose lines are opening up on us. And I thought, holy shit, I'm on fire. Um, <laughs> that's all I could think. Like, why else would they yeah, be? Well, and I'm turtling, fast. turtling in the parking lot, right? Yeah. And they're just pounding us with water. And uh, all of a sudden the water stops and I look up and we weren't, we weren't on fire at all. It's just, you know, the outside was just as worried as, as, uh, as we were coming. And they saw it fall in the back. So they assumed you're going to be on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, few injuries. I, I came out of it without an injury, took a big chunk out of my helmet, but, uh, um, you know, there was a dislocated shoulder there and, uh, you know, nothing that didn't heal, but I'll tell you, it's a, a scary few minutes, uh, yeah. at the beginning. And sometimes you, you still flash back to some of that, uh, when you hear guys going, going calls, you're like, geez, be careful. Those. Churches <laughs> especially, right? Like yeah. all those open spaces, big vaulted ceilings, not really built to much of a fire code back in the day, right? Just, yeah. they tried the best they could with what they had. And, um, lots of times those old churches were built by volunteers, right? Yeah. And so, you, you know, it's hard to say what uh, what you're going to get all the time. Yeah. All right. So uh, now we got Allie in with us as well. How are you doing, Allie? Good. Good. We're here to ask you a few questions about uh, growing up with your dad as a fire guy. All right. You ready yeah. for that? Sure. How, how was that? How, how many times do you remember him leaving the house in the middle of the night and the middle of the birthday party and the middle of the Christmas concert? Lots. <laughs> Lots? Yeah. How'd that make you feel? I always want to ask that. Uh, it was, I didn't really mind. It was fine. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, uh, yeah, you're off the hook. That's usually the answer. That's why, that's why I'm not scared to ask that question, right? It's, uh, yeah, usually the kids are like, oh, it's all good, you know. We're used to it. We know what's going to happen. If Christmas can't be Christmas, then it could be Boxing Day or whatever, right? Yeah. Is that fair enough? Yeah. So we were all in here talking before about uh, whether you think you're going to be a firefighter when you grow up. So we thought we'd just get you in here and you could come and answer that question yourself. I mean, I don't know. I like the action, so maybe. Yeah? Yeah. You said you wanted to grow up to be a nurse and go to school to be a nurse. Maybe volunteer firefighter fit right in with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a solid yes, Dad. I don't know what to say to you, but... Uh... She's she's, all, she's she's fourteen. She still got a little she's bit of time. A, yeah, that's right. Eh? She can't. We got some time to work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got sucked in. I'm sure she will too. <laughs> what what advice would you give her? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think you'd tell her to do it? Yeah, I tell her to do it. Yeah, I tell anyone to do it. Is that good? Eh, you like it? Yeah, it's fun. Right on. So so okay, let's go to that. So uh, Andrew, what would you tell 
probably not your own kids, but what do you tell other kids, other people about joining up the fire service? How do you get them to join? I just think the, it's funny you ask this because I just, I had a situation where a friend of mine this summer, his son was coming to, uh, he's coming to school here and I said, oh great, we'll get him signed up in the fire department. He's like, oh, absolutely not. Too risky, too, too dangerous. And, uh, you know, yeah. That's what the dad said. That's what the dad said, right? I said, not, you know, it's it's not all risk and danger and it's, uh, you know, I think if, if you have no intentions of carrying on with, you know, being a firefighter as a career position or, you know, getting involved because you're going to go to nursing or you want to be a paramedic, you're just, you know, you're the local electrician you want to join. I think there's just the skills that you can get from it, right? Where else do you get to operate some of the the kit that we get to, to operate, right? The where else do you get to grab a you know a thirty thousand dollar set of you know the uh, million plus dollar truck and right the 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 trucks um, we have people here that have you know they had no intentions of being a, a career firefighter but we got them through their class three license yeah. right so now they can go drive a dump truck or that you know some of them have gone even further and got their class ones there right some people have joined here young and and you know for whatever reason got into plumbing because you know we just we got them into that. You know, we have cutting torches and we have welding equipment. We have other, we've got stuff here that, um, you know, I would encourage anybody, regardless of what career path you're going to follow, join young, good, good discipline that that, that you must follow. And, um, but we also have a lot of fun. We have a a lot of fun. There's, we talked about the fundraising earlier. We have, you know, Christmas parties. We have other stuff for families to to get together and, and others just, you know, standby stuff and, and stuff that we get to get to have some fun with. Right. So Ashton, what do you say? Like your buddies are all the same age, right? You're hanging out. What, what what do you say to them? Do you tell them to join up? Yeah, I tell anyone, man, join this. Start the junior program. Make your way up. You know, you got lots of time. It's not for you. Then at least you, you tried it. But I mean, you get, you're joining when you're, you know, getting into your 40s. Even guys joining when they're in their 50s. They're saying, oh, man, I wish I would have done it earlier so was younger, yeah, if I could right. if I could give any advice it'd be start start when you're young start now don't don't think on it for a while because then if you when you get into it and you love it you're gonna say oh, I wish I did it earlier I love that advice mostly because I'm one of the old wheelie chair guys and I need a bunch of young people to boss around and tell, tell them <laughs> how to do it right I can't do all that stuff anymore my old man strength turned into really old man strength so but I'd even tell that I, <clears throat> I would even tell the the older people or the people that are you know, well set in their careers. You're the local lawyer. It, it doesn't mean you have to put the bunker gear on. It doesn't mean you have to drive the fire trucks. You know, pop by. We gladly have you here to help us write policy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Help us do the the legal part of the business that we have yeah. to do. You're into. You know, you're a financial advisor. Come on in. Right. It's uh, there's uh, something for everybody. Maybe. Especially nowadays in age, like it's. I find the fire service is. You know, the management is so complex now that it, it really needs uh, some some support there as well. That's awesome. I think me me joining as a junior, I definitely don't regret it because when I was a junior, you, you know, obviously around here, like you're, you're not doing as much as the, the guys that have been in the service for five, ten years. So you're kind of standing back and you're watching like you're learning. So then when you get out of that junior program, it's, you're not really – you're still a rookie, but you're not – you're not starting right from the ground. You've been around. You've been watching. Yeah, that's awesome. You're ready to get your hands dirty. So, Allie, as a female, do you think it's different for you, or do you think that's gone now? You could join. It'd be no problem. I feel like I could join, and it wouldn't be a problem. 
Yeah. Yeah. You don't worry because you're a girl or you don't think it'd be harder for you or these guys would tease you more. No. Well, not these two. These two will tease you a lot. Well, always tease. Definitely <laughs> tease. <laughs> but everybody else, that's not a worry for you. That's not one of the things that would hold you back. No. No, that's good. I love to hear that, actually. We've got some right. girls on the floor that I, I wouldn't dare te tease. I, no. Yeah, I just hired one. Do <laughs> uh, I hired two Haley's? I don't know why that was crazy, but and uh, one of them is just like a bodybuilding, right? Dynamo there, and uh, definitely I don't lip her off for sure. But uh, she could do anything I could do, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, they're they're the same. They kind of talk about how it's no big deal, and it's not like the old days, right? Like if you go back twenty five years for you, thirty two years for me, I don't think it was as easy to be a female firefighter back then. No, no, it wasn't. I think but, there was uh, there was a lot of intimidation and. You know, unfortunately, some intimidation for some good reason. Yeah. It's kind of, now it's kind of cool, though. Like, you got a daughter, I got a daughter. And it's nice to know that they could actually come on the fire department and have a nice career and and uh, actually enjoy this job, right? So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. We're working you, Ali. We're working you. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit more about your EMO career. Because I think that's a cool segue, right? You, you did the uh, firefighting. Then you did some paramedic work, forest firefighting. And it eventually, through all the IMT work, led you all the way to, to EMO. And so in Nova Scotia, there's not a ton of fire department full-time career jobs, right? You got the Halifax stuff, and that's about it. Yeah, Halifax and uh, Halifax and a few of the towns um, have some, you know, sporadic careers. So, yeah, there's there's not a lot. Yeah, I've, I've, I've as soon as I came here, my chief that you meant there earlier, Chief Redman, he, he said to me, he said, uh, I'm going to this EMO meeting. You should come along with me. And I'm like, EMO meeting? What's that? And, so, you know, I'm, I've been here a year. Off I go to the county EMO meeting. And, uh, you know, get a little taste of it, get some training, get involved in some exercising, you know, get involved just with some local flooding and stuff that we had here. You know, stayed kind of in tune to it. A couple mentors of mine, Vern Frazier and Gary Smith, both ex-police officers, you know, they come out of that policing career, as, we, as right. we've seen here lots in Nova Scotia. And where do they go? They, they, they get into the emergency management world. But um, So stayed in touch with them and, and, you know, throughout my other careers, even with EHS, I took part in some, some EMO exercising and, and planning. And then, yeah, once I got working with the IMT and looking at other things outside of wildfire, had the opportunity to, to apply and successful to... To get the job where I'm at now with the uh, Nova Scotia Emergency Management Office. Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of cool, and it, it leaves you connected, right? So when things like the hurricane come, you know, you've got your fire background, you've got your paramedic background, you've got the you know the forestry background, even for the tree part of it, right? So it yeah. kind of all plays together into that. In the role that I'm in, I'm in a, a regional planning and preparedness officer, so I look after the area from Halifax West down to Yarmouth, so the bottom tip of the province. So, you know, I have 25 municipalities that all have, you know, 10 or 12 fire services with the, within them, you know, a couple of ambulance services, police services. I still get to work with all those people in the in the planning, the response, the recovery pieces of, of everything they do. And yeah, it's, it's quite rewarding. It's, uh, I talked to you lots during the last hurricane. <laughs> you know, there'd be sometimes you'd come out of there, uh, I got, I got uh, deployed to their to our provincial coordination center, um, and I was the IC in there for for Hurricane Fiona. You know, after coming out of there for in there for eighteen hours, you come out and I didn't I didn't stay in town. I, I drove back and forth, which is about an hour's drive. 
and uh, come out and I'm just like, holy moly, I need need something else for my brain, right? So we yeah. chat a little bit or, yeah. or uh, you know, turn on a grown-up uh, fire podcast and, <laughs> you know, just... And sometimes you need some of that stuff just to afterwards, just to kind of disconnect you, but kind of resonate mm-hmm. you and give you, a, you know, a little bit of push for get I, to the next day. I loved it because, uh, of course, I know quite a few of you out here, and uh, so I'd go into work and everyone be like, oh, "How's all your buddies doing out east?" And I was like, "I don't know." Every time I talk to them, they're mm-hmm. just like, "This is so chill. Nothing's happening. It's all." And then on you go and watch the news, and it's like chaos, and there's no power, and all the trees are down, and whole cottages are washing out into the ocean and and i talk to you guys and you're all just like yeah it's all good we got this we're here at work everybody's doing their thing it's like and it's <laughs> it, and it does come second nature because we're not we're not big uh we're not a big area you know we're shy of are just a million people here which really sounds like a lot but it's not that's small town and uh and it's the same people that are involved whether it's you know you're going to the car accident up on the highway mm-hmm. Or you're going to manage the, you know, Hurricane Fiona in, in in the provincial coordination center. It's it's myself. It's Paul Maynard. It's Mike Lockett. It's, you know, it's the same people. We're all friends. We all got in this business together, and we're, you know, we're all hanging out. We all stick yeah. together, and and it's yeah. So it's just a different level in a different room. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you kids think when he's off to to save the hurricane day there? What? How do uh, I start the generator? That's what is, is that, that I one? needed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did call him for that one. He didn't answer. Left me. I figured it out. Got it. Yeah. Eventually. See that I was training. He trained you. Well, he he told me the steps because yeah. it was why <laughs> one of the ones that are wired into our house. He told me the steps, but he left out the one that makes all the power go to the house. The switch. It's tough, so. eh? It's tough. No, I'm but I'm used to it. Yeah. It's no big deal for you. Allie, how about no. you? Yeah, I'm kind of used to it. I Facetime him if I want to know anything. But okay, like. Nice. Nah, it's not that big of a deal. He's just sitting in his office with his feet up on his desk. You yeah. just FaceTime him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get snaps. I feel that's what it's like. When I when I'm texting him or talking, I'm like, what is going on? Those guys are just sitting around there. It's all right, just chaos. But uh to me I guess it, it makes me feel better that everybody's okay because if you guys are calm, probably yeah. everyone should just be calm, right? But uh I don't know why. I always expect bigger things i'm calling there as oh yeah i'm gonna find out how everyone's doing right and it's just like oh this happened today and that happened today but it's all good we got this yeah it's, we're bringing you for the next one though yeah i'm flying in man i'm 100 <laughs> percent flying in i was saying that all all the tours hey eh? every night i'm telling everyone i'm flying there's like why would you fly in for that i was like well i gotta try out the storm chips and the orange pop for starters but exactly. after that i gotta <laughs> right I, I gotta help out with this i gotta see this you know a wind at 187 kilometers an hour or whatever it was they were talking about like i never saw that i saw 127 kilometers an hour and kind of half wrecked our town so you know what would it be with another 60 kilometers and and so i think i'm a bit broken probably i get that that but i can't wait to uh like come and help no- out right like the rest of nova scotia I- you know, we were still, I think I was probably day seven of 14 or day eight of 14 into the, you know, back in the provincial coordination and every day. And, and I'd have some of my counterparts from here that would call and say, yeah, are you coming to the meeting tomorrow? I'm like, no, we're still activated. Like the provincial coordination, I'm probably going to be here for another two weeks. And they're like, for what? <laughs> like, Turn on the news. Yeah. Like Pictou County and, and CBRM, <laughs> they're, you know, Colchester County, they're pounded. Yeah, but I think that's what happened, right? There were so many places that that didn't get it to the level of those ones. 
And so you're just kind of, you know, you're always stuck at where you are, what you see every single day. For me, I'm way over in the West. I see on the news and it's, it's always the worst stuff, right? The worst weather, the worst things that happen. Um, but there was a lot of people, as I made the cross across the entire province, that were just like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. But that's because it wasn't that bad where they were and what they saw, right? Uh, it doesn't mean it wasn't bad. All right, lightning round. Al, you're going to get to be in on a little bit of this, right? So we're going to start with favorite color truck. Ali, go first. Red. Red. Of course. Red is it? Yeah, I feel like that was Sorry, Ken, Phil. You guys Red. are like looking at your yeah. truck. <laughs> oh, no. We were going yesterday. We were going off on that, and they are like, I'd like these yellow trucks. And I was like, oh, I got to be honest with you guys. I don't like yellow. They'll ripen someday. Yeah, and they're, they're like, oh, we know. We listen to your podcast. We know you didn't like them. But. <laughs> I think I'm going to like their new color. Eh? They're going to go with like a silver, kind of a gray silver on top and yellow on the bottom. It'll make it a little bit better. But uh, okay. It's not red, though. It's not red. It's still not red. All right. Favorite type of truck? Who's going first? Going to go engine. Yeah? You're right straight back to engine, eh? You're in love I with know. that thing. I know. That's all right. That's cool. How about you, Allie? Which kind of truck's the coolest? I don't know my trucks. <laughs> You don't know your trucks. You like the new one that just came or the yeah. old style? I like the new one that just came. You like the new one just because it's new and fancy and modern looking? or And it looks nice, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. It does. Like the black and the red together? It goes well. Oh, black and red. See? I'm black over red guy. That's my my gig. I like black over top of red on any kind of truck. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. All right. Favorite kind of truck, Andrew? I'm an engine guy, too. It's... Uh... Yeah, true, true engine guy. It's, I like, you know, first out. I, I do have to say, I, the new ladder truck is obviously not just because it's new, but the, the technologies that come on, you know, new apparatus when you look at operating them and, and the safeties uh, around it, right? We've got, you've seen two, two aerials down there and, you know, 40 years apart and oh, you go from one that's got very no, different. <laughs> no, no safety and, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's easy to, to maneuver that truck in ways that it probably shouldn't be maneuvered. And um, when we look at the, the technology with this new uh, one that we just got, it's um, so when it comes from a, you know, a safety perspective, it's. Uh, yeah, there'll be a lot more electronics, right? I mean, we got a Rosenbauer adjustment too, and it's, it's nice. You push a few buttons, it levels itself. It does all the things and there's a lot more safety. So you're not lifting too much or, or putting too much force on it with the water and, but there's something to be said for the older one where you don't have to worry about all that stuff, right? It's all, if you do it right and you're trained right, you can manually run the thing and it's all good, right? A pair of ice grips and some wire and you get it running again. <laughs> right? So it's a bit different for sure. Uh, what kind of bunker gear you guys run here? Oh my God, you put me oh, on the spot there. I know. Is it Globe? That's sorry. Yeah. Globe, Globe, Starfield yeah. Line. Starfield Line. Starfield Line, yes. All right. Thermal edge cameras? Do you have the little orange seek ones, or do you have the bigger ones? We actually just moved to Fleur on oh, okay. some of our cameras. Okay. So another thing that you know we're fortunate to, to have a couple on every truck because we try to put one with every crew that goes in. Um, so Fleur's really, yeah, we've we've we like them. Got those smaller them. handheld ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. Predictions for 2023. What do you think you're going to be up to? What's going on, Ashton? You're you're going to try and go away to oh, school. Hopefully school. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal. Looks good for you. Go there and take some firefighting training. Yep. Yeah. Allie, you're just going to finish grade nine. 
That's your deal. Hopefully. Right? I'm hoping. Hopefully. I'm hoping. Your dad's right there. He's like, I'm going to crush grade nine, and then I'm going to go to grade 10. Let's hope. Yeah. All right. And if your brother goes away to school, that would be good. You could take his room. Mm, yeah. She's like, nah, I got my own room. I don't need yeah. his room. Andrew, how about you? What's what's new at work? What's going on? Uh, do you know what? We have lots going. It just it seems like, you know, we just go from one event to another when it comes to, to work stuff. It's... You know, we're Hurricane Dorian, and then we were into the pandemic stuff, and you know, wildfires always busy. Not that you know, it's it's small busy compared to the busy that you see in the, in the west. But you know, when we burn eight hundred hectares here, that's that's a big piece of, Make, of that makes the news right? for sure. Yeah, yeah it no, makes no the question, news. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's you know, and then we just did the after action with Fiona. So it's the catch up to that stuff because. Every event, you have changes, and you know we're a growing organization. We just we just hired two new staff. We got five more staff coming, so making that all work, and and you know making it work at the at the top level, so that it it works good on the on the bottom level, you know, out on the street and in the communities where the work that we do really should reflect. So awesome! All right, I got to tell you, thanks. Happy I got the mittens all here together, right? Yeah, I'm glad you came. It's been a, a long thing in the making, and glad you got east, and welcome back anytime. Good times. All right, thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram, at Chief Coots, to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.